I'm Eric Tran. I'm Kristen Atividad. And I'm Ryan Tran. And you're listening to Movie Moguls, the podcast about all things in the realm of film. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Midsommar. Written and directed by Ari Aster, the movie is about a group of friends who travel to Sweden for a quote-unquote festival um, that occurs every 90 years. And um, yeah, lots of interesting things happen. And we're going to talk about it in this episode. So you guys start us off. Uh, initial thoughts on the movie and yeah, whatever point you guys want to talk about. Midsummer was an insane movie. Like it was crazy. <laughs> like I came in knowing that like it's probably going to be something like out of this world, but like not to that degree. Yeah, totally agree. It's, it is pretty wild and it's unexpected. Uh, lots of twists and turns and you know, the direction it went was very jarring and I, it was very chilling. Yeah, out of the three of us, I think I'm the one that's probably watched the most horror movies. Definitely. Um, I, I don't really watch horror. I'm more willing to watch horror movies because they kind of get a bad rep that most of them are kind of not that good, right? Um, yeah. What do you mean, say? There's, I, I would say there's like three or four good horror movies per year. That's my take. In comparison to like other genres, I mean, dramas, arguably there's like 15 to 20 good dramas a year. You know, action movies, I would say there's at least like eight good action movies or, you know, whatever. Where are these numbers coming yeah, from? Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever you know, whatever number, not specifically, you know, but from the top of my head, yeah, horror, there's not that many great ones, even compared to like comedy. So, yeah, I, don't, I just don't watch that much horror, but you do, Krista. That being said, I think having watched a lot of horror movies, just watching Ari Aster's two films, *Midsummer* and *Hereditary*, I think he's probably one of my top favorite horror movie directors. And those are only, can... only two movies so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he had like a bunch of short films before, but like he's definitely an upcoming filmmaker. Very upcoming yeah. and strong. And I haven't seen *Hereditary*, even though that is like one of the good horror movies. I haven't seen *Hereditary*. I really want to watch. I heard, I heard great things. Yeah, I heard you know raving reviews and just nothing but good stuff about hereditary and um yeah just to address you know i do like horror movies just i don't think there's a lot of good ones but nothing wrong with the genre i have nothing against horror movies at all just to just to be clear you know i just don't see that much but yeah horror is great and you know midsummer is a horror movie uh you could debate you could debate it's a different yeah it's definitely a different type of horror i don't think i've seen any horror movie like it or just any movie like it yeah totally agree there it's like a more atmospheric horror like it's a heavily atmospheric horror i think yeah and then you know on the topic of genre and ari aster krista you're the only one here out of the three of us um that that has seen hereditary so uh how, how would you compare it to his first movie to ari aster's first movie yeah i think the two movies are obviously visually kind of opposite but then i think they have very similar themes and Ari Aster's style of directing throughout the whole movie when I was watching Midsummer, I could definitely tell that it was him. The color, like, Hereditary is a very dark color palette. Uh, and obviously, Midsummer is very bright. It's like, summer, Midsummer, of course. Um, you know, very, I guess, it, it leads you to believe that it's a very happy story, but obviously, it isn't. There's something wrong going on in this festival. And like I said, I haven't seen Hereditary yet, but, you know, going off from what I've seen, um, yeah, definitely very different movies. Um, not to just jump into it right away, but I have to ask, which one did you enjoy more, Hereditary or Midsummer? 
I just thought of that when we were when we just started the pod, and honestly, I am not too sure. I liked mm. both a lot. Okay, I would right. need some time to think about so it. So both amazing. Yeah, yeah, both amazing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, yeah, nothing but great stuff for Hereditary and Midsummer. Um, you know, the reception has been relatively positive, but I guess a bit more mixed. And it's, a con- it's a controversial movie. It, yeah, it's very controversial. <laughs> and, um, um, but well, you were talking about the color earlier and how yeah. it's like really bright. And I think the colors and even the cinematography in this movie were gorgeous. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And it's like the small things, I think, just like the way Ari Aster decides to like warp the background while um, the characters are on their like their trips. The LSD trips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that adds a lot. Yeah, it adds a whole lot. Um, I think you feel yourself being in the shoes of them a decent amount and you know it does a good job of that especially Danny's shoes I feel like the movie does a fantastic job of feeling uh, Florence Pugh's character the main character of the movie um, you know I'm on the fence if this movie is actually a horror movie uh, I'm gonna say that I you know really did like this movie I don't know if it's a horror movie not a traditional one for sure and uh, like Ari Aster said it's a it's more of like a breakup movie it's a, it's a horrific breakup it's a horrific movie. Yeah. breakup movie but it's like a breakup movie um, disguised as a folk horror movie and um, with that being said I was very scared throughout the movie yeah and, it's a pretty unnerving movie yeah and you know the type of horror it creates is not jump scares not at all I don't think there's a single jump scare the whole movie and maybe one that one scene in the the restroom oh yeah when she's um, tripping out yeah when she oh, sees yeah. like her sister yeah but but um that's it you know no horror and no jump scares. I they, mean, they there's show, a lot of horror. They showed that in the trailer. They did. Where so. she like lights yeah. like a match and like her like sister kind of like. Or, yeah. So no spoilers there, but you know spoilers will come for sure in this review. But um, yeah, I thought it was like an eerie horror that just stuck with me, and you know I'm not afraid to admit it. After watching this movie, I've I got some nightmare. I got nightmares. Really? Yeah. Huh. And I don't get nightmares. And okay, to be fair, it was a stressful week in my life. <laughs> Stuff going on. So maybe it's because of that of work and. You know, everything going on, but I think this movie was a big factor in me getting, I would say, like, three nightmares. Dang. Yeah. Three? Yep. Wow. So. I feel like it's definitely one of those horror movies that kind of sits with you after you watch it, and you get kind of more scared Yeah. after the movie. It's a dark movie. Like, even you take out the whole, like, Sweden crazy coat part, like, the very beginning, like, what happened to Danny's family, like, that's... The murder-suicide. Jesus. That's just sad. That's, like, that was so depressing. And, like, it set up the tone for the movie so well. Like, I don't want to just, like, break it down as a tone setter, but, like, it... it, Yeah. It was a lot. The intro was fantastic. Just, uh, like you said, set the tone for the movie so well. The whole scene, like, when it happened, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) It is so dark. You like see everything that's happening, and it all comes together. And that also sets up, of course, our main character, Danny, and why she's feeling the way she is. Um, and I think the movie addresses mental illness pretty well, like really well, actually. I think it's a good good movie on mental illness yeah. and relationships and what goes on between Danny and her boyfriend Christian, who is like a lousy boyfriend, lousy yeah. boyfriend to put the least. He's not like he's not like emotionally very there. distant boyfriend. Yeah, and you know it addresses that how. They've been dating for four years. Um, and no, five years. No, he's just three and a half. That's oh, actually okay. Four. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's not really emotionally there. And um, this might be an unpopular opinion. I know everyone's like, oh, Team Danny, which I am Team Danny. But oh, I understand some parts of Christian's point of view. 
And I think yeah. I'll get to that in a bit. I would say that. Yeah. Too. Of like, course. I mean, yeah. When you get to the very end and what happens to him, like I'm on his side. Like that is. We'll talk about that as we get to that. That but is jarring. I I mean, from the from the criticism I've seen or just the backlash or responses I've seen on the of the movie, everyone's all on on Team Danny, which totally is true. But I think Christian's point of view has more weight to it than people, you know, give. I mean, the movie's more credit. The movie give. sets you up to be in. Danny's side like how the yeah. it sets you up to be on Abigail's side like that similarity where like right the film kind of makes it makes you sympathize with the character yeah I think from Christian's point of view if you just want to talk about it about it now he's a neglectful boyfriend not emotionally available but to be fair um, his perspective is he is putting more um, it requires more emotion um, in this, you know, relationship, because she's obviously going through a lot of things, so she can't give to him, and obviously that's totally not fair of her, because she can't. She's going through like her parents dying, her sister dying, so she she's unavailable. But in Christian's point of view, it's like you know what what is he getting out of it right now? And of course, it's unfortunate things that happen with Danny, but um, I kind of see it from that perspective. But of course, Danny, you know, uh, definitely sympathize with her. Yeah, for sure. But um, Jack Rayner himself, he said that like when they first had an early showing of Midsummer and they had like a Q and A afterwards, he asked the audience oh, if like right. he asked the audience if like if Christian deserved his fate in the movie at the end. Um, and then like half the people like immediately, said yes. yeah, immediately yes. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> that's funny because I didn't think so right away. Um, even thinking about it now, I think yes, but immediately no. I mean, cut to the chase. Like, what happened? Like, he was stuffed into a bear and burnt to death. And that, that was is, because that, of... Like, yeah. Does anyone deserve that? Because like, Danny chose him over, you know, one of the insiders yeah. that have been in the tribe yeah. um, to she, burn alive in a bear. So she chose that decision after he saw what he was doing. Having intercourse with a different chick. Yeah. 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 Just, it was like a whole... It's kind that, of that whole scene, yeah. first of all. That... Yeah. Uh, but he he did it against his will. Yeah, but I don't think she like was drug. aware of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she wasn't. And on top of like what she's going through and like what right. he did in the past, like, it's just yeah, it's very I, interesting. Um, yeah, there's a lot to analyze there. Uh, but th- talking about Jack Rayner, I thought he did a fantastic job. Me and Krista, we've seen Sing Street. He's in that. I didn't uh, see that movie, but I assume that he was great. He was great in this movie, so I'm sure he's, he's great. definitely great in this he's movie. Such a he's cool more minor character in, in that movie. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Um, he's great in this movie. I think Jack Rayner. He's he's more of a smaller actor. I mean, they're all pretty small. Um, the cast is pretty. You know, they're definitely not A list celebrities by any means. You know, I didn't realize I seen um, Jack Rayner, but I did see him in a movie before. Oh, what movie? Transformers, uh, Macbeth, the 2015 version. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize that, but now it looks. Oh, after the movies. Oh, yeah, he wasn't that. <laughs> But yeah, sorry. But yeah, he's fantastic. And um, yeah, I was saying the cast is not A-list celebrities, but they all did a pretty good job, especially Jack Rayner and Florence Pugh. Fantastic. Um, so the person, so we're talking about like a great cast. So uh, Mark, um, mm-hmm. played by a Will Poulter. He's also in Bandersnatch. I, I did, I, see, I, I'm not watching any of these movies. I haven't watched Bandersnatch either, but um, he's hilarious in this movie. He is so funny. Yeah. He's also in Where the Millers. I watched yeah, that. I, don't know I, watched that too. I yeah. did watch that too. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah. Great movie. He's funny in that movie. And, you know, Bandersnatch, he's funny as well. He's uh, kind of the comedic relief in De- the movie. He's definitely yeah. the comedic relief. 
pissing on the ancestral tree. <laughs> I mean, that that was like, oh, like funny, but that led to him dying. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I think this sum this movie Midsummer is way funnier than I expected. I yeah. think it's oh, a yeah. really funny yeah, movie. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah. It's like, it feels almost bad to laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's what, like dark like, humor. It goes from like the worst thing you've seen to like... like there's good like comedic bits that like chops through the fat of like the gore and the darkness. Yeah. Like if it's like cooking, it cuts through the fat. Like the fat is like all the gore and everything that's going on, which is good. But it being like the main part of the movie and the comedic um, timing that Ari Aster puts in these scenes, these lines, the script is fantastic. I think it does a, just a really good job of like you know interluding in between. Yeah, especially since we watched it in theaters, um, we could especially feel how we're kind of trying not to laugh because it's kind of like a dark scene. Especially do you up. guys know like the sex scene. Okay, right. like cut cut it. That's like the elephant in the room right now. Like that scene mm-hmm. is probably like the most notable scene. It's a jarring and scene. So much goes down in this movie, and then that scene still manages to be way beyond the rest and like how crazy it is because i don't think i've seen anything like it before i don't think it's been done no not that i've seen no (laughs) there's full-on nudity yeah frontal and you know from the rear and props to jack rayner he like it wasn't supposed to be full frontal and he was like let's do it (laughs) (laughs) my man dedication because well his reasoning was like oh like in all these just in film overall like women get like full frontal yeah get mm-hmm. full frontal and they get like humiliated in a lot of these like in sexual ways right and he's like for Screw him it. a male has never been oh well, like Ari Aster puts a male in a situation where like a male finally gets humiliated for like what he's done and exploited sexually which isn't like it's kind of like justice I guess and <laughs> balance it out but then um yeah he really committed to this Really went yeah, all out. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> really, literally. <laughs> no, he's he's really good in this movie. Not just for that scene alone, but just overall. Um, and yeah, I think his dynamic or lack of dynamic with Florence is felt. And oh, they're both not American, by the way. Can we just talk about that? They pull off really good American accents. I didn't even know until afterward because yeah. like I couldn't rec. Uh, I didn't really like recognize them. They're not like Bradley Cooper or something. Like, they're just, yeah, they're upcoming they're not- actors yeah. and actresses. So like when I. I just assumed they're American. Yeah, and yeah, Florence Pugh, she's going to be a, a little woman. Uh, she's in Fighting With My Family. Yeah, Fighting yeah. With My Family. She plays like the little w- drummer girl. Um, wrestler in Fighting With My Family, which came out this year too? Yeah, all right, she's all right. gonna she's up and coming for sure. And I think she is, we're talking about Jack Rayner, but the star of the movie, for sure, it's Florence Pugh. Yeah. She is just amazing. I think every time she's on, on um, screen, I just can't. Like um, and her character demands so much emotionally. Yeah, she, like, mm-hmm. I'm, my eyes are magnetized towards what she's doing, and then her behavior and everything, and she really draws your attention, like to her. Her character goes through the hoops, and Florence Pugh really sells it. Oh yeah, I was, like, I was just about to say the same thing. She sells it so well, um, and you know, th- that made it so believable. Like all the the hardships that Danny goes through, her character. And what, she's only 23 in real life, 22. Crazy. When it was, 22 when it was filmed, so. I'm 22. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she's killing it. She's really killing it. Yeah. I'm also going to give props to Ari Aster, the way that he's able to get these, these crazy facial expressions, but so true and realistic from Midsummer and both um, in Hereditary as well. Tony Collette, her facial expressions in hereditary i'm just gonna give that a shout out real quick shout out Tony Collette. snubbed <laughs> snubbed um yeah they're pretty outrageous and 
you know, this whole thing, the whole um, like pageant cult thing they have going on. Um, he, give credit to the, you know, you know Ari Aster for researching because I was reading up on the ruins and stuff that they used in the movie. It's definitely accurate to like Scandinavian culture, so they're not you know making things up. There's some made up things, but they they're very respectful of the culture they're portraying. You know, traditional Swedish culture and everything. So you know, I thought I'd bring that up because that's cool. I mean, it's obviously not set in the U.S., so you know, different culture and everything. They're respecting that, so that's obviously really good. Yeah, and um, a lot of the extra, a lot of the actors and actresses Swedish. are Swedish, and then a lot of the extras were Hungarian because they filmed, they filmed in Hungary. Yeah, and um. That actually plays a role. So, um, the last day of shooting, Jack Rayner well, it was the scene, mm. the sex scene, the the crazy, like women choir pushing him hand. in. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, no, that's exactly what we're going to. So, like, it was just an extra that was gonna do the scene, oh, the wow. hands on butt, <laughs> where he's like, <laughs> he's pushing um Christian, and then um, the the extra didn't know any English, so the oh. whole time. Leading up to the scene, like day er, the days before, they've seeing never him, met Jack Rayner and him. They never really met. They just they saw each other and sat. They just gave each other the look. Uh, this was from an interview, by the way. He was like, <laughs> "It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen." And apparently, during filming, she went for it. Wow! So, imagine having that connection. Yeah, that that's connect- a wrap. I can't imagine the feeling. Like, is there any other set? You're like, oh, there's there's just this one scene. You know it's coming, and they're like an extra too. So you can't even talk to them. Yeah. That's that's like a bizarre feeling. I bet for like Jack Rayner and the extra. Yeah something that only they can feel like we, we will never understand but yeah. that's something to think about i think but yeah really cool stuff um did you know they actually um filmed this for ari aster's perspective they filmed this around the same time overlapping with hereditary so as hereditary was filming they also filmed this no 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 i heard about that because like at the time when um i was watching like an interview as um matter info comes from but mm-hmm. um Cause they asked like oh like what'd you think of hereditary when you got the script from ari aster and they're like oh like we didn't even know about hereditary because that yeah. wasn't even a thing not even out yet they're still so, filming yeah um and that kind of goes into the point that i do think this movie isn't perfect i think some parts of it were rushed and i kind of feel that um he's you know doing hereditary at the time and this um one point is i think the side characters weren't as developed as they should be um, specifically Ruben, the character with the, um, you know, obviously mutilated look. And oh, the, 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 um, the community, the, the, like inbred, scribe, the scribe, the right? scribe, the inbred um, person. Uh, and, you know, they describe him, uh, you know, he's have special qualities and whatever, but they never address him again. And that's a big gripe I have with this movie. And especially maybe it's the way they market the movie, but he's always portrayed in every single trailer and everything. Um, leading up to the movie and even ignoring that you know uh, i think there's so much potential for sure for that character and in the end you know it's resorted down to just he's kind of a freak even though they say he's not the movie doesn't do much to go beyond that so that's much of what we think of him because we don't know much besides you know the committee thinks he's special but it's obviously messed up you know and what they're doing i think there could have been so much more with that character i do have a theory about that um Mm -hmm. i think it was cut out that's my guess. Cause, mm. So the movie itself is a really long movie, by the way. Like Very it's, long. It's like, what, like two and a half hours? I, I, I kind of yeah, feel the like runtime. I feel the runtime. It's two and a half, but the original was three hours and 45 minutes. Director's Cut is coming out soon. There's a, the original Midsummer was three hours and 45 minutes, and he cut an hour and 20 minutes off. So I think a lot of the hour 20 was showing more of 
Danny Ruben. and Christian's relationship mm-hmm. and like how it kind of goes downhill and it shows more of Danny going crazier like, like gradually crazier as opposed to kind of like the sudden like like crying to smile at the very five last five minutes but I think I mean it's an hour and a half cut off I'm assuming they also go more into like Ruben and the community itself but yeah you talk about um the long runtime and that's I felt the runtime but I wasn't bothered by it I was I felt it was a bit too slow paced at certain parts especially the build up mm, yeah, um, yeah. which you know I like slow paced movies but I did feel you know it was a bit too slow paced the building up and finding out what exactly is happening with this whole situation and it's weird because I want more um, you know details about the side characters you know Christian's friends but at the same time the way it's edited maybe they cut out you know too much stuff to reveal about them it ended up being too much about them that i didn't care much for them if you know what i'm saying like i wanted to know more about them and then the parts they did show i'm like this is not really useful anymore because in the end i don't know too much about them anyways so that's why i feel like some you know the build-up was a little prolonged i think it's interesting because i'm kind of the hereditary um expert here expert here um but i think it might just be Ari Aster's kind of style of storytelling that he did not include um, Ruben as much in the story. So his because I f- think there's also a similarity in Hereditary, but right. I can't say anything because you guys haven't watched it. I've heard things, but yeah, I haven't watched it, yeah. so I've I've definitely tried not to read about it. Um, but yeah, um, I made a point earlier that this movie's great um, in addressing mental illness, and uh, I think it's great that. You know, obviously Danny in the situation, she has no blame for her mental health problems and the trauma she's going through. But like I said, I don't think Christian's exactly, you know, a monster for how he behaves. I think he is, uh, you know, an asshole and a dick for how he treats her. But obviously he cares enough for her and feels sorry that obviously he invites her on the strip. And, you know, I think it isn't completely out of the realm or unreasonable that hey, you know, the relationship isn't really working out and he's giving more energy than he receives. So I understand um, people on Team Christian or whatever you want to call it. Um, And I see that point for sure. And I think Ari Aster does a good job because the whole inspiration for this movie is Ari Aster had a breakup and that inspired this movie. So um, it makes me think how Ari Aster's ex thinks about this movie. I wonder what she feels. She's probably like... What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, she's like, uh. But yeah, the the deep point that I think Ari Aster is making is, or I'm assuming is, you know, everyone has needs, even Christian has needs, and people with issues, trauma, mental health, um, they definitely need more time in that being ful- fulfilled, and that's why we see Danny's character at the end being so satisfied and you know integrating into the group, and at the same time that is groupthink, but obviously she's like, oh, if I go back, the real world or the outside world is just as what you know it's not as good anyways so she doesn't really succumb or she succumbs to you know just integrating into the group but she has no family anymore you know there's all that going on yeah i think like you said the last scene is just kind of easier to be on team danny because the last scene you said is kind of a shot of her just being happy and just kind of powerful you know she's like the queen and the, the whole movie she just kind of struggling and then the last scene is just her you're like yes you're like getting it together <laughs> yeah you're happy for her but i don't think it's necessarily a happy ending because in the end maybe her you know she, her her mental you know 
thinking is it's kind of cult-like with this the rest of the group and that's not necessarily a good thing and at the end yeah she's happy but she's just as evil as the rest of them now i think i would be a stronger advocate for team danny if um pele wasn't in the equation because mm, he's romantically interested like, in since danny. like even before trip since the start you know like how he's like oh i'm really glad like you're i'm really glad you're coming and all that that was a little forward and um i wonder if like he always just wanted to hook up with her ever since he heard about like her losing like he thought of her as like a pen that potential like um make queen yeah yeah ever since he found out that like oh like she actually might join and you know on the topic of may queen there's some discussion to be had where you think the whole may queen ritual is rigged so she would won or no because she wins it and there's a lot of people but you think it's by chance or they purposely did that so danny integrates with them because they know what she's going through yeah, I think it's definitely up for question, especially since she was an outsider that came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to play devil's advocate for all that, I think it doesn't matter if she won May Queen or not. I actually do think that um, she would have integrated into the group no matter if she won May Queen or not. And I think they would have accepted her. Yeah. I think this that whole scene, the May, the dancing, it's like a fever dream. Well, the whole movie itself. The whole so. movie's a fever dream. But then, like, <laughs> yeah. that, that scene especially, like, where she wins, and then she's just kind of like, what's going on with the whole crown, hold the dress, and then randomly, like, Pele, like, makes out with her. Yeah, like, as she's walking down. That yeah. that irked me a lot. I think. About Pele's character, or just, like, that, you didn't like that being No, included? no, no, like, that just, that scene, like, it disturbed me. Mm. Like, in, the, in in a good way. Right, because it's meant to kind of yeah. lead up to that. Yeah, I was like, oh. It reaffirms yeah. her. Like, it just like, happens. Because you see Faye, like, comforting her throughout the movie. Yeah. yeah. And Christian not. Exactly. And he's remembers her birthday, and Christian doesn't. And, oh, he doesn't even know it's her birthday. Excuse me. But then Yikes. Christian forgot. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to compare this movie to Split, Krista. <laughs> I, I, I'm not watching any of these like references. <laughs> like I need to get I need to do my homework. But um on the issue of mental health, I think this is actually a very big mental health movie. Um Split was I think is awful. I think Split was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, by the way. M Night Shyamalan Oof, dang. is Oof. I think he's just a bad director, but you know, that's my opinion. Um but the movie Split, you know, it's very artistic and I like that about it. And there's a lot of good things about that movie, and I don't want to go into a full dive of that, but uh, in terms of mental health, um, it depicts mental illness you know, extremely poorly, very problematic. And Krista, you've seen this. I don't know if you agree with me. And you know, James McAvoy, he plays this guy who's like his whole identity disorder, and he's like a monster to different personalities. And it's very insensitive of what mental health really is. And Midsummer, I think, tackles that very well. And yeah, like Florence Pugh goes... It gets batshit insane, but subtle. It's it's a buildup, and you see what goes on in the group, in terms of their thinking and this whole group think mentality and trauma and how it affects, you know, her decision to really stay with the group, and uh, I think it just addresses that in a much more respectful way and more, I guess, accurate way to reality. And I guess Split is like a horror movie as well. So they're both you know, very recent, you know, released in the last two years, horror films that actually have mental health as one of its topics. And I just think Midsummer is better. It's a very different movies, by the way. But Wait, is Split, Split's a horror movie? It's also like a thriller. But I, I didn't watch it. It's so not really a horror movie, though. Okay, but I, I don't think Midsummer's really a horror movie. That's the thing. Mm. 
It's just like very horrific, but it's not really a horror movie. I think the movie's more more than just a horror movie. The topics it addresses, but um, yeah. So, uh, any other points you guys want to bring up about Midsummer? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of what this whole movie entails. Yeah, I think we uh, pretty we dove pretty deep into it. Um, one thing I do want to bring up: Midsummer, obviously middle of summer, so June. And mm-hmm. the, I think it takes place in June because the summer solstice or something. Yeah, it, it does take place in June. But why is it May Queen? Is that May? Why is it not June Queen or like July Queen? <laughs> why is it May Queen? So it's called May Queen. The movie, even, the, mo- the movie takes place in June and it comes out in July. It came out in July. <laughs> Which is the middle of summer. And director's cut maybe comes out August. Like, But then May's in spring. Like May, There's not a single day in May. Isn't summer starting like... No, no, no. I think... It's called the May Queen because the dancing competition is the May Pole. Oh. It's called the May Pole. Okay. So that addresses that. That was like something I had. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> overall, um, would you guys recommend this movie? Yes, with an asterisk. And I, that's coming from someone who I think really likes the movie more than the average critic and audience member. Um, I think it's not for everyone as much as I like it. Um, I think even though I thoroughly enjoyed it, I know with how the, the the movie's like themes are and how the presentation and some of the goriness, not everybody is gonna come in and like it. Cause a lot of people come into this movie expecting a normal slasher horror movie with like maybe jump scares and like atmospheric like darkness, but this is kind of the opposite and it's more of like atmospheric horror and there's not that much scariness, more jarringness. So I love it. But I don't recommend it necessarily to everyone unless you. Appre- I mean, it's a really good artistically. So if you're if you're a fan of Ari Aster, I, I would say watch this movie for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend it unless I really know the person's movie taste. Because I just, like you said, I just wouldn't recommend it to someone who likes kind of more of the box office kind of popular movies. Yeah, I agree there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend this to everybody. Uh, I definitely like the movie. I, you know, there's a lot to like, and there's some flaws with the movie that you know this movie isn't perfect. But overall, I think it's a very good movie. Uh, yeah, I would recommend it to any one that I would think would enjoy maybe like a slower paced movie or a more thought out horror movie. But yeah, this definitely isn't a movie for everyone. Like you said, Ryan, it's not uh, like a typical slasher horror, which yeah. is funny because it actually was intended to be. Yeah, it was pitched as one. Yeah. Early on in its development, but then Ari Aster wanted to make it more of a 1970s folk horror, which was very popular back then. And uh, there's actually a lot of comparisons to the movie The Wicker Man. Yeah, uh, 1974. A little bit about it, but. Which we haven't watched, but apparently there's a lot of similarities there. And there's actually some criticisms that it's too similar to that movie, but of oh. course we haven't watched that, so I can't really address that. So yeah, like I said, with all those issues, the movie isn't perfect, but I still think it's a very good movie. And yeah, uh, if you you know fit into the certain demographic that I would recommend it to, then of course I would recommend it to you. But yeah, overall very good. Overall, I'm really excited to see what Ari Aster's next projects are going to be. Yeah, first and two movies. Know, it, he I mean, says it's not going to be horror. So ooh, ooh, wow. So yeah, it's going to change things up. Yeah, like Hereditary is like. A very traditional horror movie well, and more traditional I guess. more traditional and this one's more less so and the next one you know transitioning to not being a horror movie so yeah. he said he's gonna come back though he says he might make like a, a few projects that aren't horror mm. but he might come back 
I mean, he definitely has the eye for horror. Yeah. It's funny because I Jack Rayner actually directed a short horror film. Oh. oh it's, a, it's already out. It's called Bane. Oh, go watch that. B-A-I-N-N-E. Support our guy Jack Rayner. And it stars um Will Poulter, who plays Mark. So Yeah, excited to see him. I think he's very good in this movie. Um, excited to see Florence Pugh in future projects. And, of course, Ari Aster. But, yeah, overall, we all seem to uh, enjoy this movie. So thank you guys for listening to the pod. And we'll see you guys in the next one. <laughs>